A successful retirement plan begins with assembling the right set of tools. Finding the proper ones for the job will allow you to drill down on your goals and nail down your future. Scott Searles, certified wealth strategist and owner of Skybox Financial Group, constructs retirement plans for clients every day and will share that knowledge and insight with you. It's time to open the retirement toolbox and get to work. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, financial advisor and the president of Skybox Financial Group, serving you in the greater Cleveland area. And if you're a little chilly, come on down, meet in the office there in Bradenton, Florida at some point as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice that Scott has the backup option in the warmer climate when needed. Uh, find us online at skyboxfinancialgroup.com for past episodes of the show and lots of great information. Scott, good to be with you this week. What's up in your land of the world? I was, I was trying to mix it up from saying what's up in your world to something else, and it came out very weirdly, so... That's all right. Everything I say is kind of comes out weirdly. But it, what's up it, in you Scotland? Know, that, that's what that's right. I should have gone with. That's right. But you know, it. You know, I just uh, just working through this cold weather. Boy, it's chilly, and you know, by the time the end of January comes around, I'm pretty much done with winter. I I like winter, but I would like it to be just a little bit shorter. It's mm. like when you get that February March winter thing. Yeah, that's just a little bit too long for me. So. Yeah, it's definitely got a little bit of a uh, an extended feel to it, and I guess the the East Coast kind of in its entirety this year, though, although it's been cold at times, has not really had much to brag about in the way of snow, right? No, I mean, we got, I think we're still below normal in the snow, at least as of this podcast recording. Uh, you know, tomorrow a big blizzard could roll through with two feet of snow, but uh yeah, I mean it it's uh in you know last year it was that way too. We we had a pretty mild winter until about maybe mid-January, February, then then we got our snow. So, you know, we still may have some uh snow ahead of us for sure. Well, I know we yeah. will. Seems like the winters are getting a little bit more back end loaded. Um mm -hmm. it just just sort of has that feel to it. I don't know if the the data and the stats back that up, but at least my impression it sounds like yours too. So Yeah, I remember years where we'd have like snow at uh, Halloween. You know, and then it would snow and and you know, throughout the whole winter it seemed, I don't know. I could be crazy though. Yeah. Well, sometimes we are our minds make up their own facts, right? And uh, but that's okay. If you and I are in agreement on it, then I think it's true and it's a fact. So that, that's right. Because we'll we are it. the most important people, Walter. Exactly. My only rule is if it's <laughs> going to be cold, let it snow. If that's it's right. not going to snow very much, then let's be done with the cold and get back to some more mild temperatures. I suppose. The worst weather is uh, is, is when it's cool, but not like super cold, and then that. Like drizzly rain, yeah. Cold well, drizzly go. rain is like the worst, or or the wind, wind and cold. Yes. In any event, let's get off the weather subject here and talk right. about what what people are really tuning in to hear, Scott. Not us opining about cold weather and dragging people's moods down here, but no, we want to uplift things on the show today. And so we've assembled a ten point checklist for retirement preparedness. Don't think of these as resolutions. These are, you know, it's it's kind of, this is a, a good list to implement during the year 2023, but it doesn't have to be this like resolution deal. Just set it as a goal to kind of like tick through some of these things this year. Mm -hmm. Get some answers to these questions, some concrete answers to them. Because if you do, you're going to be in really good shape for retirement. 
If you still mm-hmm. have a lot of questions about these things that we're going to go through on the show today, well, then that's going to tell you maybe it's time to meet with an advisor and get a better plan in place. So that's sort of mm-hmm. the goal of today's episode, give you sort of a status report on where you stand by working through a retirement preparedness checklist. We're also going to answer a great listener question a little bit later on in the show from Lillian. And Lillian's wondering a little bit about working with a new financial advisor, but only with half of her money and keeping the other half with another advisor. So we're going to explore the question that she has about that a little bit more on today's show as well. Plus, we're talking mysteries in our Getting to Know You segment. That'll be fun Mm, as well. Looking forward to all of that with you, Scott. So let's jump into the checklist to get things started today. Uh, we'll kind of just walk through these one by one, and I'm curious to hear from you why these are so important to get concrete answers to, and then some insight into your planning process, how you really help people go from making these things unknowns into accounted for in their plan or their portfolio. Right. Uh, here's number one. The question okay. would be, ask yourself, do I know exactly how much income I need every month? Why does it always seem we start with that income question? And almost almost any conversation seems like the starting point. Well, because it, it truly is the starting point. I mean, you need to, whenever you develop the plan, you need to know how much you're going to need. And it's not as easy as saying, oh, well, you know, I'm going to need four grand a month and I'm good. Well, no, we need to take taxes into account. We need to also take a look at you know, your different sources of income. So, you know, Social Security, how much are you planning on on taking from there? At what time should you start taking a look at Social Security? You know, so there's a lot of things, but that first number is, you know, what exactly are you going to need? And most people, believe it or not, really don't have a lot of clue. But one of the first things we do when I work with somebody is we kind of go over the budgeting. And, and budgeting is a dirty word, right? Nobody likes to hear the word budget because your first thought is, oh, Scott's going to have to tell me I can't spend any money on going out to eat anymore. That's certainly not the case. What we're looking for is what are those non-discretionary spending items that you need, whether it's for housing, groceries, utilities, car payments, whatever it is, what is that number every month that you're going to need when you retire? And with any type of planning and any of these different points, we're going we're gonna to use an estimate now, and then we're going to change that. Because once you get into retirement to tell everybody, you know, there's a trial and error period. You know, we may start with this much money, but then we may have to adjust and maybe you need a little bit more. Maybe you need a little bit less. So, but that, how much you need is the starting point to build everything else off of. That's a great point, Scott, and something we should all be keeping in mind when it comes to starting our retirement planning journey. Make sure income and that conversation's at the top of the list. Uh, Checklist item number two, do I know which account I should withdraw from first? Well, that's a great point, right? A lot of people get to the, the their retirement date, and if they haven't done a lot of pre-planning, you look at maybe a couple of different places you can pull money from and go, okay, well, which one do I start with? Right, right. There's been study after study that, that looks at this exact question. And for most people, it's going to make sense for us to start to take a look at using non-retirement, like bank account, joint brokerage account, non-taxable, I mean, taxable money first. In other words, money that you're getting a, a 1099 on every year. Start using that first, then start to move at to onto your retirement accounts, your IRAs. Then lastly, 
your Roth or your tax-free money. And that is going to most likely stretch out your uh, income and your assets as long as you possibly can because the IRA and the Roth are tax-deferred. The Roth is eventually tax-free when you take it out. So that is going to allow that money to continue that tax deferred a little bit longer. And then you know, we start throwing some Roth conversions and things like that in there. That also helps to make that money last longer. All right. Great point there as well. So the withdrawals, think a little bit more in depth about that opportunity. Uh, also, something else we should keep top of mind is Social Security. Even if you're not relying on that extremely heavily for your retirement income and uh, as, as one of those sources of revenue for you during your retirement years, you need to know still the ideal time to take Social Security. And that's definitely not going to be the same answer as your neighbor or, or your brother or your sister or somebody that came before you, perhaps a parent. It could be a very different answer from person to person. Yeah. And, and you know, once you go through that planning process, it's going to kind of all fall into place. But you're right, Walter. Everybody's situation's a little bit different. Are you married? Are you not? Well, if you're married, we have to consider spousal benefits. And when does the spouse look to take their Social Security? Um, you know, how do you have longevity risk in your family? In other words, you know, if you come in here and you say, well, you know, each of my parents died in their 50s from heart disease and I've got some heart issues now. Well, then maybe we look at taking it a little bit sooner as opposed to delaying. And then lastly, what do your other assets look like? How much money do you have saved up? What kind of buckets are they in? Are they taxable, tax deferred, tax free? All those play into what is the ideal time for you specifically to take Social Security. And when you work with a qualified fiduciary financial advisor, they're going to be able to help you and walk you through all that. So then you can find the time that makes the most sense for you. Again, we're walking you through this 10-point checklist for retirement preparedness. If you have questions about anything that we talk about on the show today, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott Searles, 888-742-0111 is that number to dial, or skyboxfinancialgroup.com. We'll uh, put that contact information in the show notes for today's show. Uh, you can also find a link to schedule a free consultation there as well. Uh, that's at talktoscott.com, in fact. Uh, so number four on the checklist is going to be about longevity risk. Again, we want to get some concrete answers to these questions as we walk through. So if you've got a lot of those question marks, let that be a little light bulb to go off in your head and say, I need to start addressing these things. So this is a big one as well. Have I addressed longevity risk so that I don't outlive my money? We know that that's one of the top fears of a lot of people when it comes to you know what they worry about in retirement or as they get older. Yeah, and it's a founded fear. I mean, it, there's a lot of legitimacy to that because we are all living longer. You know, medicine has advanced, healthcare has advanced to the point where we're starting to live longer and longer and longer. But then you need to make sure that you plan for having those assets, you know, well into your 90s. There's a very good chance if you're married that one of you are going to make it into your 90s. Usually, odds will tell us that it would be the female that would make it into their 90s. But 
chances are pretty good. So you need the plan to make sure that money lasts and it's going to continue to be there for you because I don't want, you know, you want to make sure you plan for longevity because you don't want to be 80 living on a box on the side of the road. Um, not that that would actually happen, but or, or a van you know, down by the river, van down by the river. <laughs> exactly. You 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 want to make sure that you're going to be comfortable for the rest of your life. And then the other thing too is when you get older, healthcare's figured out our our body and kept our body healthy and kept us alive longer, but we still haven't figured out that brain. So you know, you could have Alzheimer's or something like that as you get older. And then we need to make sure we also have a plan then to make sure that we have got plans in place for some type of facility or care as you get older, too. I love all these points that you've made so far, Scott. And uh, I think this next one I definitely want to highlight. Number five would be, are you prepared to handle market volatility? And I know we all got used to that word again in 2022, but it can still be hard to shake sort of the mentality that we were in for many years where it seemed like the stock market only went up for a while. And now we've kind of through 2020, we went one direction, then we came back up in 2021 timeframe, back down big time in 2022. Who knows what this year is going to bring? Volatility seems to be back in full force. Well, yeah. And you know what? If you look at at a chart of how many days we've had big swings in the market in the past five, six years, there has been a huge increase in the amount of market volatility out there right now. I, you know, and a lot of people will say it's from, you know, computer trading, social media, 24 hour news, whatever the case is, you know, that market volatility is here and it's here to stay. So the key to preparing and having a plan to handle that market volatility is not only having properly structured investments, but also making sure that you aren't pulling income out for you to live on when the market's down. Because if the markets are swinging up and down all the time and you're just pulling money out every month, no matter what, if you start pulling out money when that market's down, you're going to have a very negative impact on how long your assets are going to last. And just, you know, it makes sense, right? If, if the markets are down for a long period of time and you're continuing to pull money out, well, that money has no chance of going back up and making more money for you. So what we do is we use a bucket approach where we're going to have one to five years of a client's income in safe or rather secure investments that do not have market volatility attached to it. So when we're funding all of your income through your retirement, you don't have to worry about what the stock market's doing because we have five years worth of money sitting there that is it's still growing and earning money for you much you know, better than the banks and everything, but it doesn't have that market volatility tied to it. And I think that's the key and how you can handle market volatility. All right. Very good. We're halfway through the list here and a quick check in with folks. Again, any of these questions leave you with more questions. We'll reach out to Scott again if uh, that is the case and start working with an advisor who can get you on the right track in your retirement plan, give you a little bit more confidence moving forward in your financial life. Again, check the show notes for the best contact info to get in touch with Scott uh, after today's episode or while you're listening right now. In fact, check it out.
Do I have a plan to combat inflation? Number six on our checklist here. Um, Again, didn't have to worry about that for several years, Scott, but we all have gotten used to the word most recently. Yeah, geez, since, you know, the early 2000s, the Federal Reserve has kept the interest rates low and artificially low. And then obviously within the last couple of years, we've had inflation roaring back onto the scene. A lot of different reasons for that, which we won't get into. But you need to plan for that because inflation is not going away anytime soon. Is it going to stay up as high as it is now? Probably not. It's going to pull down to a more reasonable level. The Federal Reserve wants to have that inflation around that 2 or 3% range. That's where they feel comfortable with it. But we were at practically you know, 1% for a long, long, long time. So now that inflation's back, it's going to continue to be here for quite some time. You need to make sure your income is going to be going up every year. And that's difficult nowadays because you don't want to take risk because all the market volatility of the risk, but that's the best place to grow your money long-term and beat inflation. So there's always that trade-off and having a proper structured plan to make sure that 20 years from now, when the price of your groceries are triple what they are now, that you're going to have enough money to pay for it. So you need to develop a plan that puts that inflation in there so that you can, again, live comfortably later on in your retirement. Yeah, when milk is $10 a gallon, you know, it's yep. going to feel real different. It'll happen eventually. Right? Yeah, I mean, look look at what's going on with eggs, right? Just, yeah. just crazy. I saw a, um, not to make light of this, um, it was a panhandler uh, the other day, and I don't know if it was um, someone who is homeless or uh, we have a problem here locally with folks who basically, instead of going and getting a job, are doing this. There's been some stories in the paper about it recently. Not to get into the politics of all of that, just more of a humorous moment. His sign said, "We'll work for eggs." <laughs> just uh, more of a commentary on the on inflation and the price of uh, very specifically eggs that I think has been in the news indeed. So I, th- I thought it was a clever sign that the guy had in the yes uh, yes in, in the intersection. We'll work for eggs. Has that sign ever been written before? I wonder. That might be a that might be a first. I'm not sure. It may be. It may be. All right. Speaking of things that are increasing. Volatility, inflation, Oh, we get to taxes now, and since we're getting closer to April, Scott, this always starts to creep into people's minds a little bit more. We're talking more long-term here, though, on the checklist, and the fact is, are you prepared for the possibility, or should we change that to likelihood, Scott, of future tax increases? Well, I would change it to likelihood for sure. I I would tell you that, you know, there is so much evidence that taxes are going to have to go up in the future to pay for a lot of what we did through the pandemic. Um, And you need to be prepared for that. You need to have a strategy as taxes go up because taxes are going to be one of the largest expenses you're going to have in retirement. And to not plan for that and plan for that increase like you are for inflation, like you are for outliving your money, uh, I think it's negligent. So I think if you work for an advisor, they need to be asking you for tax returns, doing tax planning, and make sure they have a plan. If tax rates indeed do go up, how you are going to handle that? Because you know whether it's doing Roth conversions now, or you know charitable deductions out of your RMDs, or whatever the case may be, 
you need to have a plan on how you can address because I would tell you with almost certainty, there's no guarantees in financial planning, but I would tell you that indeed there's a pretty darn good chance tax rates are going to be a lot higher in the future than they are now. Yeah, evidence certainly points to it. We've definitely talked a little bit more in depth about that on previous episodes. Go check those out for sure. All right, let's talk about health care costs. That would be number eight on our 10-point checklist for retirement preparedness. And do you have a plan to address them? Again, it's, all of these things are increasing, right? And I think our need for health care is only going to continue to go up. And when you say all these things are increasing, it's very true. That's why it's so important that people get a plan in place. I can't say it enough. You need to be prepared for these things. Healthcare costs, the costs are increasing for retirees a lot faster than inflation. That has been the case for many years. And I don't know how many clients I have. My parents, I mean, my dad's full-time job is scheduling doctor's appointments at this point in time. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, he's telling me all these things he has to pay for. He goes, he does this. He gets this. Every time they go to the doctor, you got to pay this. You're managing your, your supplement and your, your Medicare and all that stuff, you know, trying to get it all to work together. It's tough. And the costs just get higher and higher and higher. So that's why when we develop a plan for our clients, we carve out healthcare costs. Remember when we talked earlier about how much income you need? I was talking only about your your non-discretionary spending. In other words, the money you need to have every month. I put healthcare on top of that money because I run it at a higher rate of inflation, inflation than your normal non-discretionary spending. So I like to separate that. So then we can manipulate it. And what we do is we try to estimate out-of-pocket costs, supplement costs, and all that to get the most accurate amount of what you're actually going to need because it's going to go up and it's more than likely going to continue to go up. Yeah, it's a really, really tough conversation to have, right? Because there is this good thing. We're living longer. And in a lot of ways, we're staying healthier to later in life. But it does start to hit us on the back end, or if you do have a health issue that starts to creep up, it's like we're in this little bit of a middle ground right now where things knock us down and kind of get us into this this mode of, okay, it's going to be, you know, I have a new normal perhaps in life. Maybe it's a stroke mm -hmm. or a heart issue that's popped up or some other mm -hmm. ailment, right? There's, there's hundreds of thousands of ailments that can pop up to do that to somebody. And we've gotten so good at keeping people alive through that, which is wonderful, but at the same time, we've created this huge problem of the healthcare costs not only being more expensive, but then lasting longer when you're in those healthcare needs or long-term care stays extending and going on longer. We're witnessing a family member kind of go through this right now, Scott, and it's just really hard. You know, they, they don't want to go to assisted living, uh, but the hospital stays are becoming more and more frequent as things pop up. And now it's really unrealistic to stay at home. And it's just a really mm -hmm. tough thing to figure out emotionally, financially, and get everybody on the same page. And so, and, right. and, 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 that, and that's, I guess what I would say is a somewhat normally functioning family. So if you've got then any sort of family dysfunction going on, it just makes all that so much harder. So this is a really tough one, I'm sure, to, to plan for and talk about and really move the needle in terms of preparation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, keep an eye on that one in your plan for sure. Have have something. Have the conversation. It'll help dramatically. Uh, number nine on the checklist, two to go here. Uh, do I have my legacy plan nailed down? 
And we finally get to one that sounds a little bit more optional. I don't know if that's the right word, Scott, but like this is more important to some people than others. Well, you know what? What we're in the process right now, as as we're coming up into our season where we start to do um, our review meetings for clients, is that we are making sure we're collecting all of their estate planning documents. I'll have people say to me, well, I plan on not having a state, but I have never found a person yet in my almost 30 years of doing this has bounced their last check on the way out the door. Uh, you're always going to have something. And we're collecting those documents because we want to review those. We want to create a report for them. We want to make sure it's updated with what their wishes are because it's too easy for people to create a will, create a trust, and then 15 years goes by and they haven't done anything with it. And they kind of forgot about, oh, you know, I had my sister on there and uh, she's passed away. So it's those types of things you really <laughs> need to make sure that you have got, you know, all your beneficiaries straight, you know how it's going to work, and you've got all of the documents in place. Because the last thing you want is for something to happen to you and your wishes not go through or have your family fighting over, you know, mom left me this. No, she wanted me to have this. You do want to get that straightened out and get it squared away. And it's an important part. Not to even mention, if you don't plan properly with a good legacy plan, Uncle Sam, everybody's favorite uncle, is going to get a piece of your pie. And if you don't plan properly, it could be a lot bigger piece than what you anticipate. That's great perspective, though. Thanks for sharing that, Scott. Uh, yeah, okay, so legacy plan can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So mm -hmm. I, I guess I made one of the common mistakes in thinking that, oh, okay, this isn't going to be for everybody. But you pointed out some very simple things that might impact almost everyone who's planning, um, just some, something as simple as beneficiary decisions and making sure things are updated appropriately. All helpful. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, number 10, last one here on the checklist. Do I have any current investments or products I don't fully understand. So everybody go go just take a peek at your statement, your portfolio, see if you can explain or understand why you're in each of the investments that you're currently showing. Walter, I am shocked when I have new people come into my office and I have them bring in, you know, their statements and everything they've got going on or maybe I'm working with somebody on the other side of the country and they're emailed them over to me. I, and when we have that first meeting and I say, well, why do you have this? You know, what's the strategy behind this? You would be shocked how many people don't know why they have what they have. You know, a, a lot of the times they may be annuities or, you know, some type of investment vehicle. Uh, and I'm not even talking about, well, why is your portfolio, you know, why do you have XYZ fund? I'm just talking about why are you invested the way you're invested? Well, I don't know. You know, this was, uh, I, I called the 800 number and the guy, you know, he said, just kind of, you know, put it 80% here, 10% here, 10% here. And they just did it for me. And uh, when you are talking about preparing for retirement, having that plan and knowing why you're doing what you're doing is going to help you feel more comfortable. You're not going to have that doubt. You're not going to have that, you know, that feeling of, of insecurity because you're 
you're not sure if you're good or not, or am I doing the right things or not? So understanding your current investments or the products and know why you have them is a biggie. Big time. That's uh, fantastic, Scott. So look, as you're thinking about the your financial situation, your own portfolio and plan, think about these questions that we covered today. Inflation, volatility, tax increases. Does your plan account for those things? Do you understand what's in your portfolio right now? Do you have certain investments that you can't even remember how you got into them? Don't really know why they're benefiting you. Those are questions you want answered. You want to have some knowledge. You don't have to know all the ins and outs of the prospectus and and those kinds of details, but you should know some general knowledge about why you're invested in what you are, what it's doing in your plan, what its mission, what its purpose is. So all that's really important. And if you don't have a relationship with an advisor like that who's teaching you these kinds of things along the way and making sure all these different uh, stones are being unturned and looked under, so important to make sure you get in touch. And so give a call to 888-742-0111 if you have any questions at all. You can also go to skyboxfinancialgroup.com or even talktoscott.com if you want to go straight to scheduling a time to visit with Scott. And we'll put the links to all of those resources and ways to get in touch in the description of today's show so you can find it very easily. Again, just check the show notes or the description section and you'll find the contact info to get in touch with Scott and have that conversation about your financial plan. There you have it, the 10-point checklist for retirement preparedness. More coming up on today's show. We're going to be talking about mysteries next, and a good question as well from Lillian coming up in a few moments uh, on the mailbag edition of the program. Uh, We're going to be talking about working with multiple advisors and what's up with that. So looking forward to it all. It's coming up next here on the Retirement Toolbox. It's getting to know you time. All right, so our getting to know you question on today's episode for Scott has to do with mysteries. And here it is, Scott. What mystery do you wish you knew the answer to? Well, Walter, I may be with a lot of people on this one, I'm thinking. Yeah. But I want to know if aliens have ever visited our planet. That's that's the question you want to know the answer to. Yes, because Mm -hmm. I... Myself, personally, I I don't doubt that aliens exist. To think that the universe is as big as it is and that there's not, you know, there's so many stars with so many planets around the stars that we have no idea even exist, you know, that there wouldn't be life on another planet. And, you know, do they have the ability to travel through space and come visit us? You know, there's been all this speculation, Area 52. 51, 51? Yeah, I was thinking 52. It's Area 51. (laughs) Area 52 Uh, is the one you really got to worry about. (laughs) But, you know, you've you've got, do do we have aliens? Has someone visited? I mean, that's what I would, I want to know the mystery to that. And it really shouldn't be that hard. Someone knows. Yeah, someone knows whether the 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 whole UFO thing is legit or not, right? Like there's, there's definitely knowledge of someone knowing something. Just a matter of how, how much do we know, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it'll ever be revealed. Well, and it's not something. Day. You know, the difference between UFOs and let's say, does Noah's Ark exist, right? Uh, or, or you know, those are things that, yeah, maybe we could find it at some point in time. But right now, I don't know if anybody knows because you know they haven't found Noah's Ark or you know, whatever. You know, those are things where. There, there's some ambiguity in there, but the UFO thing, someone knows whether they've been here or not. 
yeah. There's there's just, there's been enough sightings, and we've got enough technical data. It seems like we should be able to figure out what's a just a you know weather phenomenon versus you know an actual spaceship flying around. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, very, very interesting. I'm right there with you. I think that would be the question to definitely get the answer to. I would imagine that, or you know, maybe maybe some JFK conspiracies would be the other the other mystery people would want to know. Perhaps, yeah, some of those kinds of things. I imagine those being very popular answers to that. Uh, well, very good. Uh, more coming up on today's show. In fact, we're going to answer Lillian's question coming up next. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. All right, so this episode's question comes to us from Lillian, and Lillian's, Lillian says, I'm considering working with a new financial advisor, but only with half of my money. I want to keep the other half with a different advisor. Since you're a neutral third party, Scott, without a vested interest, I'm hoping you can confirm that this is a good idea, since I'd be able to get advice from multiple people. I like the, I like the craftiness here. Yes. I'm going to get 10 advisors, get 10% to each, and I'll just, like, I'll know who's the best comparing all 10 of them and how they work with my money. Like, that's next-level thinking. Yeah, you know, but it's the old adage of there, there's too many chefs in the kitchen. You know, you 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 want to make sure that everybody is talking and everybody's doing the right thing. If one guy's got you invested aggressively, other guy's conservative, or other guy's, you know— it's just, Lillian, I understand what you're saying. I've had people come to me before and said, hey, you know what? We're going to you know, just give you our one IRA and we'll see how it goes. And my flat out answer is no, because it doesn't do you any good and it doesn't do your advisor any good. And the reason why I say that is that you need to find one person that you are comfortable with that is going to help guide you and work with that person. If it doesn't work out, you can always find another one. But the, if they're not talking, if they don't have a complete idea, your whole picture, then you know, I don't think it's a good idea and you're not going to get yourself ahead. And I just had a, a, a new client come into the office a few weeks ago and he, he, uh, came to one of my college classes and, you know, he wanted to meet with me. So he came in. He's like, Scott, I love everything you're doing. Uh, you know, this is great. This is what I need. Here's all my stuff. And, you know, he just gives me his stuff and I, and he's married. And I said, well, what about your wife? Oh, she has her financial advisor. And I said, you know what? I, we can't do the proper planning with only half of the picture. So it's a similar type of situation. Uh, but if you want to get the best results, Lillian, you need to just find one advisor you're comfortable with and and work with them. Great point. Yeah, it's like uh, the too many cooks in the kitchen kind of reference, but then you've also just sort of got this mentality of like, you know, a doctor working on your on your body, you know, like, yeah, you may have different specialists, but uh, they need to coordinate on maybe if you've got multiple things going on, they need to see the whole picture and not fix one thing that, you know, might be impacting something else in your body. Like medicines maybe is a better, better way to say that. You can't have different medicines being put into you without knowing what the other one's doing. And so got to have good communication there like that's why you need the pharmacist making sure you're not overdosing on anything if you've got multiple people helping you out and that's person supposed to be your advisor in this situation so 
Yeah, don't let uh, it's like like the two headed uh, monster or you know the two headed curse or whatever. One head wants to go one way, the conjoined twins, right? One wants to go one right. way, one <laughs> wants to go the other. Um, that's that's what it'd be like trying to navigate your financial plan if you need a visual. I think uh, so. Great question, Lillian. Like the craftiness in your thinking, but there's some really good arguments against doing that for sure. Uh, well, thank you for those answers, Scott, and for all the help on the show today. And uh, we'll look forward to another good episode with you soon, my friend. Absolutely. I can't wait. All right. Very good. That's Scott Searles. He's the president of Skybox Financial Group. One more time, if you've got any questions or want clarification on something you heard in the episode today, open to feedback, questions, and getting in touch. You can do all of that by calling 888-742-0111 or go to talktoscott.com to schedule your time to visit with Scott in the near future. And you can find that contact info in the show notes of today's episode. We'll talk to everybody next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Go Cap. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.